Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald-faced truth. I told some of the story of David Heller and the David Heller Foundation before the break. Anna has popped into the studio because Anna also came to know the Heller family. This is before Anna and I knew each other. You came to know the Heller family through covering that story and their loss as well. I did, yeah. And as I, uh, as I, you know, sort of think back, and I've told Jeff this and Bev this numerous times, you know, I, it, I wish that we didn't know you. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're great people. Yes. But I wish at a distance I was like, you know, oh, that's a great family. I know nothing about them. I haven't <laughs> met them. I don't know them, but they have taken their loss and they have created the David Heller Foundation. I hope you check it out. Uh, Jeff Heller is going to join us here to talk about the important work that they have done over the years. He's joining us now. Jeff Heller, where are you today? John, I'm at home in Scappoose. Set the scene. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Set the scene for us at at your house. Halfway. You, you know, l- let me start over because I feel like I just stepped all over you as you were starting to talk there. Uh, you, you know, you're at home. Let's go back to 2005. You know, the Thanksgiving, even before that. You know, you raise a kid who is a star basketball player, and uh, you know, a kid that was just like a lot of other high school kids. Yes, he was. Uh, that night, John, he played. He came home. And he watched his. One of his best friends, Derek Ravio, who played for Gonzaga in the Maui Invitational. And so we watched that, and we talked a little bit after this, after a scrimmage. And uh, basically, our son should have died on the floor, but the good Lord gave us a chance to and gave him a chance to say goodbye. And uh, it was something that I wouldn't ever want any parent to go through. And uh, basically what happened was that night he felt we noticed some, we basically noticed something in the scrimmage that we'd never seen before. David was had a complete uh, sports physical two weeks earlier, and at that time the sports physicals were pretty cookie cutter, and uh, it was sit on the bench, take your pulse, you know how you feeling, and at that time uh, they cleared him to play, and after that uh, he came home. He said his goodbyes to me. We talked, 
And then he came up to his mom and and I he said, Mom, uh, you know, if I die tonight, Mom, I love you. And Mom, Bev says, oh, now, stop talking like that. And basically what happened is, John, the next morning we went up to his room and he was laying in his bed and Bev started CPR and then I called 911 and, and basically it was, the rest was history and this is how we got the David Heller Foundation started. We had a, an autopsy and the autopsy came back that our son David had hypotrophic cardiomyopathy which is basically a thickening of the wall in the heart that uh, eventually it fills the two chambers full. I mean, the heart is a muscle, and it fills the two chambers. It forms like a a football where the wall between the chambers is supposed to be just smooth and just parallel. Well, our son's was in the shape of a football. And so basically what happens is as that grows, the heart grows in order to uh, supply the blood to the body. And that's what the autopsy came back, and that's how the David Heller Foundation was started. Often people with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy go undiagnosed. They they don't present symptoms. Do Do you think David had a sense that night that something wasn't right or did he complain about the scrimmage, you know, being winded or anything like that? You know, what happened, John, is I, Kevin, I noticed he was winded that night. And when I played basketball in college, a lot of times I'd hyperventilate. And I told my wife, she was next to me. I said, I think he's hyperventilating. And he was winded. Uh, but after the game, basically what happened, John, is we stopped. We had dinner. I mean, we drove right past Emanuel Hospital. We could have drove right over there, but he didn't complain about anything. And he drove himself home, called his friends, watched the basketball game, and did his homework and said his goodbyes. And so that's what Bev just said uh, we both decided, you know what, we want to try to do something to prevent other parents from going through this and other kids from going through this. So that's why we started our foundation in 2000, 2000, late 2005. And, Jeff, it's been remarkable to see what you and Bev and your other kids have done to try and save the lives of other student athletes. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your foundation and everything that you've accomplished and everything you're still accomplishing now? No. Well, basically what we started out, we, I mean, we had a spaghetti feed dinner in the Central Catholic Gym. We put a small uh, basketball tournament on. Our son loved to play basketball. He basically... He was 
he would play till nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night until we put the nine o'clock rule in where he couldn't play anymore. So <laughs> basically, what happened was the first thing we did was we uh, we said, "Hey, let's provide portable AEDs that they can be alongside the court and travel with the teams." and have something right there. And so to this date, we've worked with the OSAA. We have provided over 300 portable AEDs to virtually every high school in the state of Oregon and uh, and Southwest Washington. We know of some people who have survived from using one of our AEDs, but we don't hear about them because of HIPAA. And so anyway, uh, then what happened was my wife decided to start, she started the first teen cardiac screening. And she worked with Legacy to get this started. We had our screenings at the Adidas campus and also at the Memorial Coliseum where we screened on an average of 500 kids a day, and through the years, we would we screened over 3,000. And then eventually, it was so labor intensive, uh, we decided to partner with PlaySmart, which is they are through the Providence St. Vincent's Heart Institute. Uh, the head of PlaySmart is Dr. Jamie Beckerman. And to this date, they have probably screened over 40,000 teen athletes through various high schools. And so that's been a great deal. It kind of, COVID kind of shut it down. And now we want to get it back started to see if we can prevent kids from just having heart issues. What would you want parents to know? I know that there's a lot of parents who listen to the show that have kids who play sports. Um, you know, are sports physicals different now? Are they more revealing? Are there EKGs involved? If there's, if there's a parent listening to this that wants to make sure that their kid is healthy and has a healthy heart to play sports, what's your advice to them? Well, uh, what I would really do is, first thing I would do is, like, Sports physicals, if you can get an EKG with a sports physical, that is the key, and that will start the diagnosis of if any problem was with your heart at the time. Uh, I would always I would always greet the kids in with our heart screening programs, and oh, it was just amazing. Some parents, well, the kids would be scared to death. And basically what happens was, you know, we'd say, hey, there's nothing to worry about. Just go in, relax. There's no pain. We're going to give you an EKG. You're going to meet with cardiologists at the end. They'll read the EKG. And when they got done, we, you know, the kids were so happy. They'd come out and say, hey, I've got a healthy heart. You know, I can play as hard as I want. And. Some parents, they would uh, say, you know, thank you so much. And we've had a few that were just said they were very disappointed. And it was, 
And like what I told him, I said, you know what, I would have, I would do anything to have a second chance with my son. And at the time, I just said, please be grateful that you, we might have found something. And then from there, what you do is you go to a, a primary care doctor or a, a cardiologist, and they would do an e, EKG or an echocardiogram. And uh, basically that is taking a picture of your heart. And what I would really try to do is, if, with a parent right now, contact Play Smart and see if they will come out to your high school. They can screen so many athletes, and they are professionals at this. And they basically have followed our heart screening program, and it's, it's painless, and it's the kids, when they're done, they know that they're healthy and they don't have anything to worry about. And the parents, it's peace of mind. Jeff, I know that you, Bev, and your family, um, you know, I've seen you at the fundraisers. I, I have watched, you know, and heard some of the stories from the organizations that you have helped, um, you know, and you see a lot of times that families will um, – you know, go through something like this, and I can't imagine losing a child. You guys have managed to channel this into trying to help other people. Why was that important to you guys? Uh, John and Anna, it was one of the toughest things of our lives. And you never, ever imagine losing a son or a daughter you know, our son basically looked very healthy the night that he died. The night, I mean, he, you would not know anything was wrong. And like I tell a lot of people, you know, hug your kids, hug your, hug your relatives whenever you can because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Basically, we had no idea. We haven't had any heart history in our family, and a lot of it, if you have family history, that's something to really look at. Our son basically had, it was a genetic, they figured two cells mutated at birth, and, uh, and that's what caused his hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Monday Night Football, DeMar Hamlin collapses on the field. You have obviously, uh, you're more tuned into this stuff, and you probably know of a lot of other cases in the news where stuff like this has happened, and, you know, you don't have medical personnel, you don't have an AED present. Uh, I'm just curious on Monday night, you know, as a family, as you guys heard this news, what your reaction was. You know, John, I, we, uh, I just happened to be watching that game, and I stepped out of the room at the time, and I came back, and I saw all the all the medical professionals um, working on him. And then eventually, I realized what happened, and I told came in. I said, "Bev, I think this this uh, player is in cardiac arrest." And you know, the first thing you think about is, uh, well, the first thing 
you know, I saw Hank Gathers play two weeks before he died, and I, I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is kind of the same thing. And we said, oh geez, I wonder if he had cardiomyopathy or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And I just thought, oh my gosh, uh, you know, they haven't released the diagnosis yet of him, but I heard he's talking today, and he's he's basically he's making a recovery. It's slow, but you know, he's he's got a second chance of life because he had professionals and he had an AD right there. And I understand he, they had to use it twice on him, which is, you know, unbelievable. So, uh, uh, you just think he just, he's got a second chance at life. And I sure hope and pray that he has a quick recovery and he returns to normal. I hope he doesn't want to play football anymore, but, uh, but anyway, I just, I hope and pray. And it, basically what happened is it helped the whole country kind of get together and bring God and Jesus back into their lives or whoever you worship. And so it's working. Well, Jeff, we so admire you and Bev and your kids and the courage that you've had in turning your personal tragedy into something that has saved the lives of thousands of other kids. Uh, if people want to check out what you guys do, whether it's the cardiac screenings or the AEDs that you've provided to so many high schools in our region, they can go to davidhellerfoundation.org. Uh, John and I just both admire you so much because from the moment you know that I know that I met you, um, you have been just exemplary in sharing David's story, in taking something that impacted you guys and somehow turning it into education and awareness for other people. So I applaud you and we will always do so. Well, thank you. And uh, just so you know, uh, they do have uh, Providence St. Vincent Heart Institute has opened up the David Heller Center for Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy. If people have questions, they have uh, Dr. Shireen Rabe is, that's all he works with is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. There are new, there's a lot of research going on and genetic testing that we're trying to find common traits. But if people have questions, you know, feel free to call. I mean, I think they'd love to hear it. Jeff Heller, thank you. For those who want to get involved and know more about the David Heller Foundation, go to davidhellerfoundation.org. Jeff, thank you. Thank you, John and Anna, and thank you for all your support and all the stories. And I hope you both have a happy new year. And let's pray for Jamar Hamlin to recover and live a normal life, which is very, it's very possible. So, thank you so much. Appreciate you. David Heller, uh, you know, and his life cut short, but his parents uh, continuing his legacy and helping so many other people. I want you to leave it here. you got the bald-faced truth. <laughs>
We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.